0: You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Buckner, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Beside the Badge podcast. I am doing something unique with this set of podcasts. I am dropping four, count them, four podcasts at the same time. They are part of a series for you to uh, binge listen or watch. So these are for your binge listening and watching pleasure. Uh, I have had this on my heart for a while, and it is a series talking about our priorities. Now, I am a man, largely talking to men, because ironically, my experience is being a man, but these are ap- these are applicable to women as well, women who are beside the badge, women who are behind the badge. Uh, and uh, there are definitely many of both of those out there. So in this podcast, this one is entitled Being a Man, of god and i will drop three more talking about our priorities what things what matters and what comes first and so if you are a a man or woman of faith and uh, i am i'm a born again believer a christian and uh, that that impacts every aspect of my life who i am and what i do and why i do it i think you will enjoy this podcast so number one uh i wanted to just give a quick shout out to our sponsor uh one of our sponsors it says no victims here on this shirt and this is from shield force international matt combs a friend a mentor and instructor i have learned a great deal from and uh this uh this shirt uh, i got it uh about a week and a half ago when i saw him and i absolutely love this shirt and so i want to uh, want to definitely thank him for it And it's getting a little nippier outside. So this morning I was enjoying this shirt uh, as I was coming down into the podcast studio area. Mm. Coffee sip break. So, what does it mean to be a man of God, to be a man after God's own heart? In the Word of God, we were told that David, a king in the Old Testament, was a man after God's own heart. And he was definitely a flawed man. He made mistakes, but he loved God. First and foremost, uh, the word of God tells us that we are to to fear God, to live justly, to to walk humbly with our God. And I think sometimes as men, walking humbly is an incredibly difficult thing to do. We we can be arrogant, we can be bullheaded. Uh, walking humbly with our God, and um, I think where that applies to law enforcement is being teachable, is is showing respect uh, to those in authority over us and realizing that we aren't if we are a police officer we aren't the law we enforce the law and having a heart i find it to be a truly amazing thing when i am uh, talking to law enforcement and i meet someone who is a fervent believer in god and it impacts their entire life Uh, and it shows in what they do it doesn't make them weak when they need to be strong Um, it doesn't mean they won't fight to defend uh, those who cannot defend themselves What it means is they have a heart to care. I have a friend that unfortunately was medically retired out of law enforcement. I've mentioned him before, and he was a good man and a good cop and a believer. And there were instances where I remember someone who had uh, been released from prison and come home to find out he had no family. They had moved on him and a young man and his family had moved and he was trying to start his life over and had come home thinking that he would find his family and they were gone. And his money had run out, and he had stolen a candy bar from a store because he was hungry. And the officer helped him find some resources, some different things like this, and talked to the store owner, and did not uh, press charges, didn't, didn't file any reports or anything on the guy, and paid for the candy bar and moved on. And that's the kind of thing there are. There's a time and a place. And I remember, I remember a, a young officer I was with one evening. Uh, there was a homeless guy that was staying in in the burned out um, <clears throat> basement of a house the, the the house was completely gone it was just the 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 concrete foundation of the house with a kind of a scare hole in it and the basement of this thing and he he was staying there because if he went back to his family uh, they were all druggies and he would get back on drugs and he did not want to get back on drugs and uh, the officer asked me, because the guy was very shook up, to step out of the vehicle and pray with uh, the homeless gentleman the officer did. And so I stepped out and, and I prayed with him and the officer uh, placed a hand on my shoulder and a hand on the man's shoulder and he could tell his heart went out to him. We got back in the vehicle and we were driving away and and talked about that and talked about... As believers, what that meant to us and 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 being and staying close to God, which brings me to the next part of my my conversation, which is he turned to me that night and said, You know, I need to get back into church. If my ministry does anything, I want it to, to bring young police officers, young and old, uh, closer to God. Um, I believe that I'm having an impact in that, and that is that is uh God, and he's just using me to do so. But Uh, staying close to God and being a police officer can be very difficult hours. Um, and, and sometimes when a person sees terrible things, we, we don't go with the healthiest coping mechanisms. And I find my faith to be an incredible place to walk beside the badge. And I've seen it impact people who are behind the badge. And so what do I mean by that? My faith tells me that in the end, God wins that there are evil people this side of repentance if they don't if they don't surrender their lives to the lord that they will spend eternity in hell i I fervently believe that and the horrible thing is that uh that is where all of us will be if we don't repent now that if you don't believe that that's fine that is my belief um i thank god every day that he has saved me not because i deserve it uh, but because of his grace because of the sacrifice of his son on the cross but Um, my faith allows me to walk beside the badge with great confidence. Um, I was in my first pursuit uh, 10 years uh, beside the badge, was in my first pursuit uh, last week. And uh, in the course of being in this pursuit, I was not concerned for my life or my well-being. The only time I felt concern was when I saw the young officer I was with run out into the road to throw the spike strips. My fear was for him and I was very much praying for his safety um so there's a confidence um i feel like there's no more dangerous person in the room as it were than the person who knows where they go when they die being a man or a woman of faith being a man or a woman of god and so knowing um there's an old old saying that i heard when i was a kid and it's i know whom i am believed in I know whom I am believing, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And it was part of an old, old hymn, as I recall, something pretty close to that, if not exactly. And I believe in God and I believe that um, that if my life is forfeit, I know where I go when I die. And I believe that as righteous men and women, that we need to run to the sound of the guns and protect those who cannot protect themselves. also, dealing with people who've passed away, there, there is a, a confidence that, that the Lord has given me. Um, the Word of God says to be absent from the body is to be present with God. It says that we are escorted from earth to heaven by angels. Now, I fervently believe that. Why, why is that so important to me? Um, I've lost close loved ones. But when I am beside the badge and I am serving as someone's chaplain, it allows me to speak to those situations when they see something truly terrible. It allows me to speak to those situations. Uh, I was with a, a young officer one day and we had to remove uh, the, the body of a man who had died um, and died too young and uh, was a very large man and it took three of us to get him out the door. Uh, I will treat him. A body with respect it was a human being but it is no longer it is the the empty vessel the empty container that once held a human soul and so I will treat it with respect but it is not I'm not afraid of that state I'm not afraid to die some people who are very much afraid to die look at the corpse of a human being and it terrifies them and then I think some some of it has to do um, aside from our own mortality it has to do with some of what Hollywood has done to our culture, which is the whole zombie thing. Um, bodies make noises. They move. Um, they do strange things um, after they pass away. People, uh, People's bodies have been known to pass gas. Um, bodies will flinch as, as tendons and muscles move as they relax. Um, bodies do strange things. And so if you understand the science behind it, I guess, and if you understand the the fact that this is no longer a human being, it changes the dynamics, at least it does for me. So dealing with terrible things that we see, um, you know, I had to cut the vehicle apart of one of my very best friends in the world. I mean we were very close for 21 years. And I know that the I know that, that vehicle had held my friend, but it no longer did. And my friend was with the Lord. That is a great confidence. Um, I do not fear again when I am when I am backing a department and they have no backup or backup is a long ways out. Right. And I've had people look at me and go, "I need you to have my back. This this could get bad, and this needs to be a song." By the way. I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast. I talk to so many different folks. At, at times, I forget what ends up in the podcast and what ends up in a conversation. And so many of these podcasts are really just a conversation between you and I. Um, I've had these conversations in the front seats of police cars and in 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 police departments and in in the the in in seats in restaurants for so many years. But this the podcast really just allows me to talk one on one with uh, anybody who's listening. And hopefully, by the grace of God, it touches your life as well. But when you are um, talking about confidence and going in and backing someone, I was with a young officer one night and he had uh, a baby on the way. We were sitting in the vehicle and he came back and he's like, I know pretty much for a fact that at least one or two of these guys and I forget the exact details. I think there was three or four people in this vehicle that they are armed, uh, That they, which is fine. I mean, we're in the American Midwest. I'm all about it, you know but uh, I think that there may be multiple warrants in that vehicle, people that are, have warrants for their arrest. And I could see the alarm on his face. Um, I could see that, you know, he was pale, which is understandable. You know, he was the only police officer there. And with that department, the chief knows me and and uh, knows my background. And, and I've helped uh, many of his officers over time, whether it was to shoot better or get equipment or whatever. He's seen me in action, as it were, he knows I can handle myself, so I'm allowed to ride armed. And I was sitting there next to this guy, and I I drew my sidearm, laid it on my leg so that my hands wrapped around the grip, my fingers indexed up on the slide, I'm not going to accidentally shoot myself or him. And uh, I looked at him and I said, I'll bleed my last before you'll fight alone. And if it was not those exact words, it was really, really close. And he looked at me and nodded and I said, and by the way, you, you described that there was a, a rifle in the, in the back seat with a 10 round magazine in it and a handgun in the front seat with a 30 round magazine in it. I think it pretty much tells me everything I need to know about what they understand about firearms, which is not much. And, uh, he's running them. Uh, they come back warrants confirmed on at least one of them and his backup pulls up. Um, one of them was County and one of them was another city unit came in and backed him up. And as soon as they arrived, Um, i'd never had to step outside the vehicle and uh and i i had had his back people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and in moments like that i'm not afraid for me i know where i go when i die to me that is a, a huge part that confidence is a huge part of being a man of god and that comes that comes home. That comes down to how do we deal with stress? How do we deal with the horrible things that we see? How do we deal with the politics at work? I love the officers that I work with, but most of them have heard me say that I, I've, I never understood how, until I got beside the badge, until I became a chaplain, I never understood how so many alpha males could act like 13-year-old girls um i have seen the most petty arguments and and hatred and discord between people and people that i dearly love that is a part of the ego that is the broken sinful human condition um i've also seen relationships restored and people get back close to one another where they should be i know these officers would fight to the death for each other but they might actually kind of enjoy a cage match fighting each other to the death and It's one of those interesting things that you see happen uh, in the law enforcement world. And it's unfortunate. Um, I know people who just absolutely will not talk to each other. And that is, I mean, we've all seen workplace stupidity. Um, Just in an alpha male environment like that, uh, I think it tends to be amplified. And forgiveness is a big part of that. That is part of being a man of God, being able to say, you know what, I was wrong. Or whether you ever want to admit it or not, person that I'm angry with, I, for you know, I whether you ever want to admit that you're wrong or not, I forgive you. I choose to forgive you. And I will tell you, that is one of the toughest journeys. I mean, I've, I've had people truly wrong me and truly, truly harm me and I've had to forgive them. And uh, forgiveness, part of being a man of God. The Word of God says, uh, unless you forgive, you cannot be forgiven. I don't know about you, but I would like to be forgiven. And I want to go to heaven. I want to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior. And I want to see loved ones who've passed, who were right with God. So I definitely want to be forgiven. But Forgiveness sets us free and, and we would think as humans that holding on to, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm clenching my fist really hard and making a face at the screen, but you would think that, um, that, that would actually holding on to our anger would actually help us somehow. We, we just have this thing we think it would help us, but it's sort of like if I have a piece of broken glass or, or, or even worse, several pieces of broken glass in my hand and I'm squeezing it really hard because those darn pieces of glass, they need to pay for what they're doing to me because they're hurting me. Well, it's actually just hurting me worse because I'm cutting my hand even more. Um, the harder I squeeze, the more they hurt me and those pieces, those shards of broken glass. And uh, what I need to do is open my hand and let the great physician clean the wound so it can heal. Uh, the great physician being a term for for our Savior, and uh, another another term that I've heard, another couple of analogies I've heard that I dearly love is that forgiveness is is locking ourselves behind bars and waiting for the other person, uh, to, or or, or, or uh, I almost mixed two of them up there. Forgiveness for uh, unforgiveness rather is taking and. Um, drinking a little bit of poison every day, rather, and waiting for the other person to die. We are sipping poison, you know, poison, poison, and waiting for the other person to die. Why won't he die? Why won't she die? Oh, we're poisoning ourselves with unforgiveness. Anyone who's lived in that, it's tough. And again, I've had people dearly, deeply, deeply wrong me. And forgiving them has set me free. It's like having a three hundred pound guy get off your chest. You're just like you've been fighting somebody, and all you know they've been sitting on top of you, pounding you, and all of a sudden you forgive, and then you can take a breath. And uh, another one that I heard that I had accidentally kind of scooped up that analogy was that forgiveness is locked unforgiveness rather is locking ourselves uh, behind bars and and uh, imprisoning ourselves. It doesn't do anything to the other person, and that's one of the sad things about unforgiveness. I'm going to take a coffee sip break. That brings me to our sponsor break. So John Lee O'Reilly with Gentle Response, uh, a fantastic guy and uh, who is a a believer and is is very skilled at de-escalation, gentle response. And so he has a, a very solid background in law enforcement, has retired out of it, Uh, and he teaches how to de-escalate situations. And I don't know of a better description of a believer, of a Christian, of a man of God, than that they can be peacemakers, that they can de-escalate a situation. Proverbs says that we should not befriend an ill-tempered man um, lest we learn his ways. Do not not, uh, befriend someone who has a bad temper uh, lest we should learn their ways. Um, a gentle answer turneth away wrath, which is where he gets that saying for the name of his business, but at the same time um well another another proverb I deeply love is uh, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver, um not only beautiful but valuable. I mean, if you have the ability to speak into somebody else's life uh, and give them hope, give them peace, give them comfort as a man or woman of God. That's incredibly value valuable. And you cannot give away what you don't have. So if you're up on the side of a if you're up on the side of a bridge and you're trying to talk somebody down um, from that, you know, okay, hey, buddy, you got a lot to live for. Do you have a lot to live for? And you cannot give away something that you don't have. Um, you can't teach something that you don't know. And so de-escalation, gentle response these are things i think are incredibly valuable for the man or woman of god we are not to be hot tempered there's another proverb that is um it goes better to have self-control than to be able to take a city he who has he who can control his tongue is greater than he who can take a city and uh, so you may be you know hot to trot swat but if you do not have self-control the self-control is more important um when when not to do something and the ability to control yourself is even more important than the knowledge of how to take someone down and um, so then secondly we have got your six coffee and uh eric hadley another believer and a a dear friend his mission is service to those who serve so if your department has uh, a coffee pot if your coffee or if your coffee if your department serves coffee if you enjoy coffee and you would like to know that you're changing lives every time you drink a cup, drink Got Your Six Coffee. He's a very good friend of mine. I've volunteered many times with this organization, helping folks. I have literally seen it change lives. People who were suicidal and really, really hurting that that are now close to God, that are living fantastic lives, realizing that they have a purpose and a mission. Got Your Six Coffee, there's purpose in every cup. I am blessed to be a founding member of his company and then thirdly we have um we have shield force international my buddy Mike combs and uh one of the things that is most applicable to law enforcement that he teaches is uh topics like surviving the ambush but also safety for families um safety classes for women we're in a day and age where people think it's okay to accost in public uh the families of law enforcement um, that to me is the most despicable thing in, a, in the world is to come after the families of someone who's in law enforcement and the audacity, the boldness that's there. And uh, the warrior in me is like, not on my watch. And so not only does he teach any number of topics, knife defense and hand to hand combat and firearms training, executive protection training, which is something, in my humble opinion, that we need to see invade the law enforcement community there's a lot of executive protection skill sets that are very applicable uh being our brother's keeper and protecting our brother and our sister behind the badge um executive protection is a fantastic thing for that it is also an opportunity as people are looking for exit strategies from law enforcement and they've they've spent a career 20-25 years behind the badge a lot of times they're young enough to have a second career and they probably need one executive protection and that type of high-end high-speed security not not the mall cop thing that people look down on no the the high speed high-end security the high quality stuff uh he also teaches that uh fantastic guy matt combs shield force international so getting back to being a man of god this comes home so being a man of god comes home it affects our marriages and this is if you're listening to this and you're a lady and you're behind the badge or beside the badge Um, this affects you too. So this is where you get to be a a woman of God, but being a man of God to me, and, and I've seen this bless so many families, you have to develop positive, positive coping mechanisms. And I'm going to talk about that in future episodes of the, of the podcast, but you, you need to have positive coping mechanisms for the things that you see, the ability to come home and to, to let those things go. And I can't remember if I've mentioned this yet in a podcast, but I'm going to drop a, I'm going to drop a bomb on you. Really, really amazing golden nugget that I came across. And this guy was talking about driving home. He was a sheriff's deputy and he had a departmental issue vehicle and he would pull up in the driveway and he'd explain to his family, he said, on the days that I've had a bad day, uh, just leave me in the vehicle for a few minutes. Don't, don't come out. Don't, don't run up to the door. Just let me sit there for a few minutes and, and then I'll come inside. And so Most of the time he'd come home um, and he'd walk right in the door, you know, on the way home, he was thinking about them and, you know, but then on the really tough days, he'd pull up in the driveway and he'd sit there and he'd go, today was awful. You know, the boss yelled at me, you know, I pulled over a Karen, in a in the the school zone and she was doing 20 over the school zone and she's the the grand niece of one of our aldermen and and you know she's like I'll have your badge and she was screaming at me and I'm like you know I I've, I've picked up what was a little child off the side of the road that got hit by somebody speeding you know you don't understand why I have to pull you over and give you a speeding ticket for speeding through a school zone um you know I I saw a person die today I i couldn't get to the call in time and this person passed away those are the realities of law enforcement or dealing with the aftermath of the of the rape or molestation of a child the the murder of an individual looking evil in the eye and in the eyes and let's let's not pretend evil doesn't exist folks evil is very real and so let's not pretend for a moment that evil is not real and behind the badge, you will see evil as law enforcement. If you have not already, you will look truly deeply into the eyes of evil. <clears throat> and I will tell you, a few people that I've met that have been in law enforcement for a long period of time have not have not met people that were palpable evil. Um, they're batting for the other team. They are they are truly in league with and serving the devil. And you can take that or leave that. But I have met evil people. Uh, both, both just in my own private life, truly evil people. And I've met people in my time beside the badge that are truly evil. They need to repent. They need God. You're going to meet those people. So he would think about these things that had affected his day uh, rather than letting them affect his night. And he would sit there in his vehicle and he would say, this horrible thing happened today, but I'm home now. And he would smile. Now, what he didn't understand at the time, and science has proven since, is that when you smile it actually releases chemicals in your brain and so when you smile the first smile or two might be fake but after that uh there are chemicals released in your brain and so he would relax himself and sit there for a minute and you know you know what i'm home now and i can't wait to see my beautiful wife um i can't wait to see my kids and then he would he would be talking just to himself out loud in the vehicle and you know um i watched a person and i don't know how to sugarcoat this I watched a person jerk off today and then they they had it all over their hands. and They looked at me and said, come at me, bro. I ain't going back to jail. And I had to deal with that. Or, um, you know, I got called to the jail because a prisoner was throwing their feces at, this was a female prisoner, by the way, true story, was throwing their feces at the guards, at the at the jailers. And I had to go there and deal with that. That is a very real thing that happens around law enforcement and you know people don't understand a lot of people would not deal with that they'd be like i quit i'm out so he would he would think about the thing that was bothering him on his bad day and say but i'm home now and i can't wait to see my kids and play with my kids and how's timmy and how's little susie That is that is a healthy way of dealing with that kind of stress and giving it to God and saying, you know what, Lord God, thank you for bringing me home to my family one more time. Thank you for bringing me home to my family today. Uh, I can't wait to see them. My my beautiful wife. I can't wait to hear about their stress and their day and what normal stress is life like. Um, Unless a person works in an EMS field, they're they're um, you know like an ER nurse or something like that. Um, They're dealing with something like that. That's that's uh, you're dealing with life or death. Unless you deal with life or death, you're a firefighter, EMT, paramedic, police officer, soldier, and I use soldier in the broad sense of in the armed forces and dealing with uh, potential life and death situations. It's hard to really understand those stresses and what people go through. But another gentleman told me he can't wait to get home and see and his family and hear what normal stress is like. Uh, yet another individual explained to me that when he goes home and is and one of the kids is crying and the kid is arguing with another kid and he's got kids of of uh, across a spectrum of ages, um, the temptation is to be like, "Hey, um, quit complaining to me about how the dishwasher broke. Quit complaining to me about how you you broke your iPhone and you want a new iPhone." Um, I deal with real stress, and that's the the temptation that we have as people, and and he does. He deals with awful stress. And, um, and his, his spouse deals with a less stressful job, but stress is stress. And so he has learned to go, ah, this is what normal people's stress is like. Cool. And he listens to his wife talk about his day or her day rather. And then, but he also listens to his happy, healthy kids. And early on, it really had been a problem for him. He would snap at his kids and snap at his wife and be like, can I not get a few minutes of quiet? I deal with with crap all day and I come home and I deal with the same sort of thing well instead and this has been a story told to me by many many police officers over the years but this gentleman was had developed a really healthy coping mechanism I've been able to share it with folks part of his being a man of God and he says um I stop and go ah this is what kids sound like when they haven't been abused molested sexually assaulted this is what kids sound like when they have a normal life and and mom and dad aren't being arrested for having a um, a drug manufacturing set up in their house this is what happens when we we don't have to haul kids away to family services and break up a family because dad has federal warrants and he's about to go to prison for the third time um this right here is what a a normal family sounds like and i love it because um i go to work every day to make sure that they can have this kind of a normal life and that they can complain about the fact that their iphone broke not about the fact that their life broke i mean i personally have worked with a young man who his dad came home from prison beat the tar out of him and kicked him out of the house um yeah terrible kid wanted to finish high school and did by the grace of god i got to be part of that and so so few times in the life of a police officer does the day job um bring that level of satisfaction and you will you will have like a young police officer i work with um, he he caught a guy weapons violation or weapons charges um multiple felonies driving and shooting at people and the man was released on a 300 hundred dollar bond wow. Um, you're not going to find your fuf- fulfillment behind the badge. You have to find your fulfillment. And we'll talk about that in other episodes outside of the badge. It has to be your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your family. And I, I will tell you, and I'm going to talk about this in the next podcast, that you are not going to find all of your happiness with your spouse. Your spouse cannot make you happy. They can bring you happiness alongside of how you choose to be happy, but they can't make you happy. So on that note, I'm going to close out in prayer and I will talk to you in the next podcast. I'm going to drop these all at the same time. Uh, they get recorded at different times and then edited together and all that good stuff. But. Uh, I'm going to drop them all at the same time. So I'm going to have a busy week getting all these ready for you guys. But I can't wait to drop them for you because I think you're going to really enjoy these. So let's close out in prayer. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me a microphone and a place to speak and and Lord God, what you've laid on my heart. Your word talks about, "Here I am, send me." And Lord God, I want to be that man. I want to I want to be your hands and feet. Here I am, send me and lord god i ask that you would help these words to reach those that need to hear them those men and women who want to be a man and a woman of god they want to serve you they want to go home to their families and enjoy their families and be fully committed and fully involved and able to let those things from the day go to find fulfillment outside of the badge because the badge is not going to bring you fulfillment and catching bad guys feels rewarding until they get away with it so lord god i ask that you would guide bless protect and heal uh the families uh heal the officers that are hearing this podcast lord god i ask that you would guide bless and protect them as they're out there in the field lord god you know that my fervent prayer is that you would bend the bullets around them if they end up in a shootout. lord god when when evil comes against them when 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 someone lies in wait for them and is out for their blood lord god i ask that you would supernaturally protect them the bad guy would stumble the bad guy would fall their weapon would malfunction And Lord God, your word talks about an evil man digs a pit and then falls into it. Uh, Lord God, I ask that those ambushes would fail. And if anyone has to be hurt at all, Lord God, it would be the bad guy, not these officers who who are doing their best to uphold the law. I thank you. I give you the honor and the glory in the one name that makes it possible in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I will see you on our next podcast. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.